All right. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Bikini Things. You got Laura recording here in the home studio. Frankie is chilling next to me, taking a little nap ski. So if you hear some pug noises in the background, that's just him doing his thing. This is going to be a quick, raw episode. I may not even edit this audio. I'm hoping I can speak eloquently enough, concisely enough, and succinctly enough without too many ums or filler words so that I do not need to edit it for for you guys. I'm just going to jump right into the topic. So what I have on my mind this week, I wanted to do a little recap given that last weekend was the NPC USAs. So kind of uh, kind of the t- the topic or the title is the state of bikini and the reason I wanted to talk about this is from from just my perspective and opinions are debatable right there has been a significant shift in bikini even though the written criteria has not changed and the judges are really emphasizing that the criteria has not changed however, some of these judges will go on podcasts, will share feedback, they'll talk at seminars. I think Tyler Mannion has done an amazing job of putting out more content and being really open and transparent, although more recently a lot of that has been more focused on the male divisions, like primarily talking about adding a weight cap for men's physique, upping the classic physique weight caps, which just happened this week, which is some very exciting news for those in in that division. So I wanted to talk about bikini because the the first thing that kind of initiated this is if we go back to the Olympia last year, at the end of last year, where Maureen Blanquisco won, and Maureen looked amazing, and so did the incumbent Miss Bikini Olympia, Jennifer Dory. I think most people were expecting Jen to win. Um, I know, I know I was, although I think Maureen looked absolutely amazing. I think she has an incredible physique and I think so highly of her as an athlete. The main, the main thing that I think surprised people is Maureen was maybe just a touch softer than the rest of the girls in the top four or the top call out at the Olympia. But she has this amazing physique, very full glutes, very full shoulders, great balance, small waist, a very healthy, a very feminine look, which is exactly what bikini is about. And if you look at the way the criteria is written for bikini, it can be a little bit open-ended. It says that, you know, the shoulders are supposed to be full, but not capped. And at this point, I would argue that they need to change that because the shoulders are capped at this point. Like maybe the shoulders aren't super dense, but as a bikini athlete, we do have these nice round, what I would call capped shoulders. So um, it says that they're looking for a small waist, they're looking for full glutes, and they're looking for the glute ham tie-ins. The level of conditioning for pros is supposed to be more than amateurs. So for amateurs, and, and you can find all of this on the NPC, NPC website, this is not just me talking out of my booty, you can go look all of this up. For amateurs, the criteria is intended to be a glute ham tie-in, right? So for amateurs, we're not necessarily looking to see visible hamstrings. That would traditionally be considered too lean for bikini, but we are looking for that nice separation, that nice teardrop at the bottom of our glutes that separates the glutes out from the hamstrings. 
pro level, everyone is a little different. And, and the judges will say some athletes can come in fuller and softer. Some they prefer a little harder, a little drier. However, the main the main takeaway at the pro level is typically we do have some visibility to the hamstring, although the hamstrings are not separated. And you could look at someone, for example, like Daraja, and she, she's been very open about this. So I'm only sharing things that are already out on Instagram and out on social media. She placed fourth at the Olympia and she has, she had separated hamstrings. So her feedback was to kind of de-emphasize those and just have a little bit less of that showing. But placing fourth at the Olympia is amazing. So clearly it didn't hurt her that much because she was fourth in the world. So that is the that is the level of conditioning that we're looking for in the pro and the amateur divisions. And this year I was not at the USA's. I went to Vegas for a very quick trip, which I'll touch on in a little bit. But last year I was at USA's. I had my client Lena, who's this beautiful 5'11 athlete. I feel I feel like she and I are, you know, sisters from another mister, whatever you want to call it. She's a tall brunette, about 5'11. She's got great shape, great physique. Her posing was beautiful. But Lena's also, she's a very open, natural athlete. And by natural, I don't mean that um, our PEDs are prescribed for us. I mean, actually natural. I mean, anything that she is taking is coming from GNC or Amazon or, you know, our local supplement store. We're not taking peptides. We're not taking clenbuterol. We're not taking HRT. We're not taking prescription Anivar. I think nowadays people, or more so women, because I think the men are a lot more open about this online and on social media, there is still a big stigma with PED use in females, and I understand why. However, I think it's also misleading for athletes to intentionally mislead others and claim that they're natural when they're actually taking testosterone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if a doctor prescribed you that or not. That is a that is the that is one of the ultimate PEDs, right? So Lena was completely natural and she looked incredible. She worked really hard. I think if I'm going off the top of my head, I believe her cardio got up as high as 90 minutes going into USA's. However, she had quite a bit of weight to lose. She went into her prep, not maybe as lean as what would be ideal to start a prep. And she lost a little over 30 pounds, I believe. Again, a lot of this is from memory. I'm not pulling up my notes here. So she had a pretty intense prep and she worked hard. She won her class at a very large show, the LA Championships, just before the USA's. That's a muscle contest show. And and that show had about 400 athletes in it. So she won the F class easily. She looked amazing. Her posing was incredible, but she did not have these very sharp glute ham tie-ins. And some of that, you know, I, I truly believe Lena, if she continues and she were to be very diligent with her training and eating and really embrace the lifestyle of a bodybuilder, she could absolutely turn pro naturally. It will just take her longer than your typical athlete who's using enhancements. Um, So part of it is having the muscle mass, right? You literally have to have the muscle mass in your glutes and in your hamstrings to have the tie-in show up. And then you also have to get lean enough. Um, and so one thing that I think hurt her because she, she looked great and we thought she was going to place well, but ultimately she placed in the third call out of the H class last year, the girls at USA's were so 
shredded. Like every single girl, because I, I was there watching all of bikini at that point, almost every single athlete had fully visible hamstrings, like fully visible, like what you would see in the pro league. And it was quite, it was quite shocking to see how lean the girls were. I did not attend USA's in 2021. That was still kind of pandemic type era. That was when it was out in Arizona still. I obviously attended in 2020. That's where I won my pro card. And I also attended in 2019 where I placed third and did my first national show. And the way the amateur athletes are changing is rapid and significant. And and I really think that... Um, this year, I, I was really happy with the photos and what I saw. Actually, in a previous posing client and friend of mine, Judy Sun, she won the overall for the Miss USA. Very proud of her. I helped her with her first show back in 2021. And it's pretty incredible. She did her second show the week prior to USA's, won the overall at the Muscle Contest LA Championships, and then went into the USA's, won the overall. Her boyfriend, CJ, won his pro card in men's physique. So it's amazing and so so happy for her but Judy does not have an overly hard look she has what I would consider a very healthy very balanced bikini look she's got very full round shoulders she's got full glutes she has the nice tie-in small waist but she's not overly hard not overly jacked and she came in with just a really nice overall look and presentation and and so like I said I was not at USA's this year I did not watch the show but what I could see from the videos and from the photos, which are getting better and better each year, like the quality of videos they have now is just not what they had a few years ago. Like 2019, I don't think I even had the option to buy a video. 2020, I did, but the video was like from really far away in the audience. It was not the individual like Gilco quality production or next level media quality production that we see nowadays. Um, so now you can kind of watch some of these things and, and it's never the same as in person, but you can get a better sense. And to me, it really looked like the girls this year were not overly hard, were not overly shredded. And I feel like the judges in the bikini division have done such a good job, especially at the amateur level, really enforcing what the standard of bikini is. I think it was honestly getting a little too hard, getting a little too dense, it forces athletes to potentially take supplements or try things that they wouldn't normally try or, you know, peaking protocols that might be a bit extra extreme to try to get dry and hard and all of that when really that's not what bikini is about. There should be just like a little touch of softness to your overall look. Um, and so I was really, really pleased. I think a lot of the girls that I was seeing when their pro cards and in the first callouts had this, you know, very nice look, like not too much density, not overly conditioned, but still lean, good balance, small waist, full shoulders, full glutes, and just overall um, more feminine. One one other trend too that I, I do see a little bit that uh, I think I think it's good that maybe bikini has been reined in a little bit, so to speak, is what I see a lot now that I did not see even just a year or two ago is I'm seeing more and more bikini athletes, and especially at the amateur level, which, you know, maybe maybe bothers me more. Because if you're a professional, you know, you're, you're deciding that this is a bigger commitment to you and your life. And maybe it's your, maybe it's your whole life and your career, is I'm really seeing a lot of 
masculinization within the bikini division. And I'm not speaking about anyone in particular, I'm just talking in general. But I think by me explaining this, if you're someone who has competed, if you follow athletes on Instagram, you might see this where I see females where they're having jawline growth and they're having their hairline start to recede, which obviously something like that can be disguised, especially with extensions and hair pieces and, you know, good angles and what we're posting, being mindful of what we're posting on Instagram and whatnot. But it really does bother me, especially when I see amateur girls and amateur girls at the beginning of their phase as a bodybuilder starting to develop these very widened jaws. And and before before people come at me, I'm not talking just about diet face. Like you could look at me right now, you guys, and my face looks very gaunt. I have a thin face naturally. And when I get lean for my shows, my face sinks in. And you can go back to my old YouTube videos, old photos from 2017 when I first started competing. I look like Skeletor when I'm dieted down. So I'm not talking about just having a skinny face. I'm talking about actual changes to the physiology of your jawline. And and for lack of a better term, but it's like these girls develop these faces that are like shaped like stop signs. And I can't help but see it. I'm at all the shows, you guys. I've been at all the shows. I've been working these shows or coaching athletes at these shows since 2018. And I'm seeing more and more amateur athletes with these very large masculinized jawlines and what causes that it's it's overuse of anabolics and granted granted everyone is different that doesn't mean that it's it's one certain thing that just means that whatever you're doing whatever that protocol is is it's it's causing that um and i just i don't know i guess it makes me a little concerned or a little um I don't know. I don't know what I don't know why it bothers me so much. But I think that I think that maybe at the the heart of it is that think about the bikini division, it's intended to be a very feminine division. It's intended to be healthy. It's intended to be a natural look. And that I guess that doesn't mean that you have to be a natural athlete. But it should look natural, right? And and I feel like at the NPC level, athletes should be able to be natural and compete and do well. And I've had so many athletes that are 100% natural do very well, like Lena, um, many others that have won overalls and things like that. And so it, it makes me a little fearful that there's a lot of pressure, maybe too much pressure for those that are new in the sport to focus on the wrong things. Because let's remember that bodybuilding at the end of the day, the two most important things are going to be our training and our nutrition. And then after that is our recovery, meaning how much we're sleeping, how much we're stretching out and doing body work and taking care of our muscles, keeping our stress low, and everything else is the icing on the cake. Okay, when it comes to bodybuilding, the training, the nutrition, the recovery, that is the cake, everything else is the icing on the cake. And I think people are starting to get it backwards. And I guess I'm concerned that a lot of these athletes are young, like in their early 20s, some of them, and they're going to wake up in a year or five years or 10 years and really regret their choices or, you know, or just wish that maybe they had gone a different route or maybe they had approached things differently. So I do think it's a good thing where bikinis headed. I really appreciate the NPC and the IFBB and the judges for doing such an amazing job and really 
emphasizing the standard of bikini with their choices and who they are awarding. So um, with all that said, it's it was definitely a bit of FOMO to miss out on USA's. I definitely really wanted to be there. But at the time, I was potentially in a peak week. So I did a very quick like two-day trip to get my butt to Vegas to go see Jamie, my coach. And so I drove out last Thursday to see her. And, and that was wonderful. And Papa Bear got some awesome photos that I posted on my Instagram. Um, he, he's such a great photographer, and I'm so excited to have more photos from the season from him. And I was also able to participate in the Global Formulas Pro photo and video shoot that they did at Torture Gym, which was also another another great thing. So I got to go check out Torture Gym, which I've been wanting to. There is a part of me that does want to buy a second property in Vegas, and I think that might be a goal of mine after my competition season wraps up. And while I was there, I even got to see one of my clients, Jordan, which was really cool and really exciting. And I, I haven't told her that yet, but maybe if she listens to this episode, she'll hear that a part of me is hoping to hoping to buy a place or possibly even relocate to Vegas part-time if I could swing that. I just, I really, really love the bodybuilding community. I mean, Vegas now, it is the hotspot. It's the place to be. And uh, I guess I just have a bit of FOMO, you guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love California. I don't think, I don't think any place will ever feel more like home than California does now. But Vegas, I just love the bodybuilding community. And I can, you know, if I just sit here, I can list off probably at least 10 gyms that have this amazing bodybuilder culture that have these pros that train there that have incredible equipment and environments and everything you need to really do your thing and and just feel connected. I think that's I think that's the main thing is post COVID. So many people left California and left Southern California because it is expensive. And because things were so closed down that the way the fitness community is here. It's different. Like if you go to Gold's Gym Venice Beach, it's not the same as it was just a few years ago. Yes, there are pros. Yes, there are social media fitness influencers that train there, but it's just really not the same. Like everybody basically went to Vegas or Florida or Texas. So um, anyways, I went to Vegas for that day, Thursday, the photo shoot and the video shoot was so fun. I got to train with my friend and wellness pro Cass. Uh, she just competed at the Atlanta Pro recently, and she works all the muscle contest shows as well. And she's an amazing athlete. I'll, I'll make sure to include her Instagram here too in the episode notes. And I checked in with Jamie, and basically we just decided that to go all the way to Florida, to go all the way to Tampa, where you're going to probably have some heavy hitters in that show, the conditioning and the separation of my glutes and hamstrings wasn't all the way there. So given that a flight to Florida is about four to five hours. I'm going to be spending four to five nights in a hotel room, which, you know, 200 bucks a pop. I've got my, you know, Southwest flight ready to be changed if needed. We just decided it wasn't worth it. And it, it wasn't really my best. And so even though there's a part of me that felt a little bit disappointed in myself for not being ready or not being able to participate in a bigger show like the Tampa Pro. And and part of the reason the Tampa Pro is so cool is because it's one of these few shows where they have all the pro divisions represented. So it's not it's not that often that each each pro show is every division. There are some shows, you know, the New York Pro, Pittsburgh Pro, I believe Chicago is also like that. Um but not every show is like that. Like the muscle contest pro shows, it's typically just one division. So there was a part of me that felt a little disappointed, but ultimately I know it was the right decision. And Jamie and I are on the same page. 
I am so locked in with my mindset, you guys, like my mindset and my headspace and everything is just so aligned and so dialed in in a way I cannot possibly explain. And part of it, I think, is just the culmination of a lot of hard work over years and me truly feeling like this is my best yet. And also doing a lot of mindset work. I think I mentioned in past episodes, I have met with a sports psychologist a few times earlier this year. I have an amazing team around me. I have people that actually believe in me and actually believe in my potential to succeed. So it feels incredible. I'm excited. I feel good. And I am protecting my mindset and my mental health and everything like no one's business. I am locked in, you guys, and I'm ready to go and ready to perform. So... I'm okay with not doing Tampa. I'm going to be making a decision on future shows probably tomorrow alongside Jamie. So I'll drop her a check in and then we'll go from there. So potentially I'm on stage as soon as next weekend, August 12th. And that would be the Tahoe Pro Show, which I did back in 2021. That's an amazing show. It's a center podium show. And the promoter, Chris Mines, is amazing. They do amazing shows. They're the same people that put on the Legion Festival. They do the NPC West Coast out here in the desert, which used to be the Ferrigno, which was the first show I did back in 2017, where I actually felt like I did well and I actually felt like I could be a bikini athlete. So center podium is like has such a special place in my heart and Tahoe is such an incredible place and venue and just place to go do a show. So I'm very excited for that if if that's what happens. And if not, then there's Nashville the week after and my mom is planning to come, which will also be incredible because I've never actually had my family at a show. Competing is something that's always been my goal my journey. My parents are professors. They both have PhDs. And for a long time, I think my competing didn't really make sense to them. And they're also very, they're very busy people. My, you know, just the way things are, we're not, we're not a family that spends like a lot of time together. And so competing has always just kind of been for me. So I am, but to be honest, I am very excited about my mom. She was supposed to come to a show here in San Diego back in 2021. And that was the year that she had a fall down a flight of stairs and she shattered her ankle and she had a few surgeries and it was just, it was a, it was a bad year for me too. That was my first year as a pro and there was a lot going on. And so unfortunately she couldn't make it. So it's not that she hasn't tried. It just never happened. So this will be the first year I'll have a family member actually watching me at a show, which will be really cool. I think one of my clients that I met in Nashville last month is going to come and it's just going to be a great show. Um, So those those are the ones that are in the works. There's also Iron Games out here in Anaheim, California on September 2nd. So that would be probably a done deal. Muscle Contest is who I started my competing trajectory with, and I always have done a Muscle Contest show every year I've competed, so it would not be a competition season without a Muscle Contest show, and honestly, going to those shows, it just makes me so happy. Like, if you guys ever see me at a Muscle Contest, come say hi to me, Um, (laughs) and you'll probably, you'll probably be able to find me because I'm not that hard to spot. I'm six foot tall, brunette, 
running around like a crazy person and I've got a big old cheesy smile plastered on my face because when I'm at the muscle contest, I get to see so many of my friends, so many of my fellow competitors, so many people that I've been around for years. Like I said, I started working these shows back in 2018 for Kim Odo, my coach, Body by O, and I used to run those booths as well as the muscle contest booths where they sold apparel. So I've literally been around these shows for years and years and years and like Sometimes people will wonder why I know who won which show or this and that or which Bikini Pro won that show back in 2019. And it's because I was there, you guys. Like, this is how you learn. This is how you grow. This is how you make connections and get sponsorships and all those things. So um, I'm starting to go on a tangent. But my point was that if you do ever see me at a show or at a muscle contest, I'm not hard to spot. And please come say hi to me. I'm very friendly. I love I love competing. I love chatting with people. And When I'm at the shows, I probably just look ridiculous because I'm just walking around cheesing, smiling, probably chasing and texting a bunch of my clients. But that's kind of how those days go for me. So with all that said, I don't think I have anything else to chat about. Um, There are more episodes in the works. It's just it's been definitely a balance of my time. Obviously, I have to prioritize my clients and my time prepping as well. And everything else outside of that is basically not a top priority. So I am, I do feel like I'm doing a good job putting out YouTube content. So if you guys are not following me on YouTube, please go subscribe to my channel. Just search Laura Morche on YouTube or it's in my it's in my Instagram bio and it's linked here in these episode descriptions too. I'm putting out a lot of vlogs, workout videos, things like that. So the times that I can't necessarily get a podcast out, I have an editor that's been really helpful. So that way I can just show up or I can just go to an event and the videos get put together for me. So if there's not an episode of Bikini Things out every single week, just know that's my goal. That's what I'm striving towards. And certain things will probably not quite fully materialize until I'm through my show season. So there are things in motion. Like one th- one thing I would like to do too. So I'll put a I'll put a question box out on Instagram. I'd like some topic ideas, but I also kind of want to do a bikini chat and I know I know some girls will do this sometimes a little bit like the bro chat if you guys watch the bro chat on um, YouTube or pure BS or mutant in the mouth. And if you're familiar with any of these podcasts that I'm mentioning, then you are, you are definitely a bodybuilder, my friend. So (laughs) those are all, those are all male podcasts. So I want to do one that's a female version. That's fun. That's helpful. And maybe I still do these standalone episodes alongside that too. Or actually that's what I would do is I would do group episodes and standalone episodes too, that are maybe more topical, but that would definitely help me improve my consistency and just getting good quality content that's enjoyable to watch and enjoyable to learn from out each week. So with that said, I'm going to wrap it up, you guys. I'm going to not really edit this just to get it out there. And I hope whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great week. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Laura underscore IFBB pro. Follow the podcast at bikini underscore things. Go check me out on YouTube and subscribe to the channel, Laura Morshe. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. (laughs) 